So Money Episode 768, Lauren Goodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. It can be hard to find quality career advice these days. The work landscape is always changing. We want more freedom and flexibility. Women in particular, I feel as though we are rising through our careers unsure about whether to be tough or nice or somewhere in the middle. And that's why I've invited today's guest on the show. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Our guest today is Lauren McGoodwin. She's an expert in career development for women. And a few years ago, she founded the popular website, Career Contessa. After realizing there weren't many career resources, specifically those for women, together with her team, Lauren provides a lot of advice, a lot of insight, and guidance for women who want to pursue their career goals. We'll chat about the beginnings of her business, her financial failures, and I love this the importance of having not just a career, but really a life that you love. Here's Lauren McGoodwin. Lauren McGoodwin, welcome to So Money, Miss Career Contessa. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Career Contessa is fast becoming the destination for women who want to excel in their careers, whether it's because they want to learn how to get the promotion, get the raise, transition, move up. Uh, You started this because you felt as a recruiter and also also as a woman in, in your career, trying to move up the ladder, that there was a void in the marketplace. How does Career Contessa fill those gaps? Yeah. So I actually, um, taking a step back, I actually wrote my master's thesis on millennial women and career resources. So this was something I was experiencing myself, which was I had gone through college. I was, you know, raised being told I can do anything I want to do. I'm just as good as the boys, et cetera, et cetera. Um, graduated from college and quickly (laughs) fell flat on my face. The expectation of what I thought life was going to be like versus what it was, et cetera. Um, landed a, a, a job, but it was not glamorous or fun by any means. And not that jobs have to be fun, but it was, I was literally feeding paper through a printer, um, working as an admin assistant for a college, uh, and basically was on the search for what I wanted to do. And so I, um, ultimately figured out that recruiting, I thought would be a really great career choice. Um, did a bunch of informational interviews and landed a job in recruiting at Hulu. And when I was at Hulu, um, probably within six months into my job, I was also, um, I was also enrolled in a master's program. And so I had gotten to the point where it was time to write my thesis. So I decided I was going to write my thesis on millennial women and career resources because I had had just this dramatic shift of what being fulfilled in my career would like the impact it had on every other part of my life. And I thought this is really fascinating. I wonder if this is like, is this a millennial thing? Is this like the jobs are changing thing? And now I was on the other side of the hiring table. So I started Career Contessa because I thought there was a void, but also I had done all this research to realize that um, the millennial generation is sort of 
has definitely shaped or is changing the way uh, work gets done and the future of work is, is definitely changing. But what I also felt like as a woman, um, you know, we are the minority in the boardroom. We are more likely to face unconscious bias and, and see a, a gender uh, pay gap. Um, we are more likely to take a career break. So also what my research was kind of proving to me was that in, in my own life experience was that women were had just as many opportunities as men and we were working just as hard, but that wasn't the full story. And I agree, like we've made huge advances, but we're still facing some unique challenges that men just simply don't in the workplace. And so um, I just found that there wasn't really a resource I could go to that, you know, quote unquote, spoke woman, you know, it was kind of, tailored to maybe what I was thinking or, um, had, you know, a lot of the career sites out there are really boring and dull. And I was like, my, when people would ask me like, what's your hobby? It's like my career, (laughs) you know, like I was really invested and I still am really invested in my career and building something on my own terms. So, um, it was, it was a lot of things. Um, and certainly having done the research was, I think, kind of the nudge for me to realize like, I'm, this isn't just in my head or my own personal experience. There's, there's a reason why this is happening. How has it evolved? And what have you learned as you've been building this, as you've been keeping your ear to the ground and connecting now with women? Like, is it what you thought it would be or has it turned into something different? It's a little bit of both. I mean, when we first started, um, the only thing we had on our site were interviews. And so I think when I started, I was definitely thinking this will be a blog and we'll, we'll give great advice. And again, having been a recruiter, I realized that job search advice was certainly something that people really needed because as we all know, applying for a job, it's like, it's like the wild west out there who knows what the rules are. Um, so we started with just, uh, advice and then we moved on to, or sorry, interviews and then we moved on to including, you know, more career advice. And I personally thought this would be a blog, something I would do on the side, but it's really turned into, um, a a very comprehensive resource. And I know resource is sometimes too big of a word for people to like, be like specifically understanding what we do, but I think we've turned almost more into a learning tool. We teach people how to do things that help them advance their career. And so that's been really fascinating to watch sort of us evolve from here's some advice, do what you want with it to let us teach you how to advance your career, whether that is, um, skills, leadership tips, you know, you name it. And that's really how we've evolved. And of course, being an entrepreneur, I think you're every day is you're just constantly adapting and, and, and trying to build, um, you know, not just a company, but also a brand. So I've actually, I've learned so much just from the journey of entrepreneurship that, um, and I always joke kind of like ignorance is bliss. Had I known how much work this was going to be and how challenging it was going to be, I might not have left the comforts of a full-time job. I'm, I'm happy I did. Um, but of course I got to go into it blindly. (laughs) And so, so yeah, the, we've certainly have evolved a lot in the last, um, you know, since I left my job full-time in 2014 to do this. You mentioned that your career was your hobby and I completely relate to that. I think a lot of us chuckled when we heard that, but (laughs) there is also something to be said about not being so obsessed with your career, be more obsessed with your life, right? If your career is an aspect of that. And I think for women, that's really important because we want more than just to be um, running our careers. We, I think a lot of us and men too, you know, we want family, we want relationships, we want 
real hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> to that extent, how does Career Contessa go about guiding women through that, if at all? You know, because I'm sure while there's all this focus on your career, how do how do we teach women to be able to create a career that plugs into the bigger life that they want for themselves? Yeah, I think that's actually 100% what we do at Career Contessa. So one of our taglines is, um, we help you build a successful career on your terms. So however you are defining success, like we're not defining it for you. We're saying define success, whatever that looks like for you. Some people that is the corner office and a really high salary and this and that and yada, yada. Right. And other people, it's like, I want to have balance. Like personally in my life, I want to be able to go to work, feel good about that. And when I'm done, I want to be fully dedicated to my kids and my family. And I also want to be able to have time for, you know, joining the PTA or becoming a yoga instructor or going on hiking trips, uh, every month. So what, however you define success. We want to help you build that successful career on your terms. Because for many people, especially women, I I think having a career is going to be very important because it's it's power, right? It's the power of if you have this skill set, you can go out and financially support yourself, which will give you the ability to make choices. And, and so I, I really feel like no matter what however you define success, like a career is probably going to be a piece of that. And I know for a lot of women, um, their careers also bring them a lot of fulfillment. So I think I could totally understand someone who heard that being like, you know, your career shouldn't be your hobby. You should actually go get a real hobby. And I've probably been told (laughs) once or twice before, like get a life, (laughs) you need to stop thinking so much about career stuff. But what I learned for me is like, that is, one of the things that I define success by is being able to feel fulfilled in what I'm building or what I'm doing. And so, um, you know, we're trying to provide the tools and services or access to, so like we have a career coaching service on there. So if you're not fulfilled in your job and you're spending eight hours a day doing something you hate, um, you know, that is just as much of a waste of your time as not being able to set boundaries where you need to leave at five o'clock, um, so that you can go spend time with your friends and your family and things like that. You mentioned how a career is a source of, of of choice and power for women, everybody. It's also a revenue stream. It's a way to make yeah. money, which also leads to power and, and choices. And so I wanted to now shift gears to your financial frame and mindset. What is your money mantra, Lauren? <laughs> My money mantra is save, uh, save, save, save. I'm I mean, I'm one, definitely one of those people where I haven't quite embraced the whole like it will come. So whenever I get a dollar, I save it and I try to make it stretch as far as possible. So, um, you know, stretch, stretch the dollar as far as you can go with it. That's sort of my money mantra. Is that something that you learned growing up or something that you've inherited as a result of being an entrepreneur? I know that comes with a lot of uncertainty. So the yeah, you we gravitate towards like realizing we need to save more than ever. Uh, but I am curious about your childhood and how that impacted your financial frame and mindset. Our yeah. sponsor Chase Slate did a survey recently and found that over fifty fifty percent of parents have had a conversation about money with their kids. Do you remember a money talk like that when you were growing up? 
No. So what's interesting is my family, we don't talk about money at all. I mean, it's like to the point where if you bring it up, my mom will be like, that is so no, you just don't talk about money, you know? And so, um, my mom actually came from like a pretty well to do background. And so part of why they never talked about money is they never needed to. And so then she was very, you know, kind of against talking about money. And so I don't remember, us talking about money as kid, like as a family, um, like if somebody bought a new house, you would never hear my parents ask like, how much did they pay for it? Um, and so I didn't really grow up kind of having a lot of like information about money, but I do remember, um, my dad was an entrepreneur. And so I, but I, what I specifically remember around middle school is really waves of, like tough moments, like tough financial moments. I can remember asking my mom, you know, I were telling her like, I'm going to so-and-so's birthday party. Can you give me like 20 bucks to put in their birthday card? And my mom being like $20, like, and kind of looking at my dad and like, not that they, you know, it, it basically there was like a very tough, um, like five to seven years financially for our family. And that was the first time I kind of remember thinking like, wow, I don't know if mom and dad, like, have enough money. I don't know if they can afford this or wondering like, how are they affording this and stuff like that? So I, I think my money mindset, like save the dollar was sort of this feeling of, um, you know, I had seen my dad go from things were going well, to things were going not very well pretty quickly. So it's not, it wasn't like developed via like conversations. I think it was definitely developed via watching their behavior. Um, and you know, going to college, I always assume like they would pay for college and that was sort of, you know, wide opening to, or it was very much a wake up call for me to be like, Oh no, this is, you know, not how it's going to happen. So I think I definitely lived through, and I, and I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially people my age who, um, have lived through the recession who watched their parents like go through really tough moments and, and stuff like that. So yeah, my money mantra is definitely based off more like behaviors than conversations. Yeah, we learn a lot. I tell parents all the time, you know, they always want to know, like, how do I teach my kid about money? And I'm like, you don't have to tell her anything. Just be the role model that you want to be. Yeah. And or, you know, just uh, but also keep in mind that they watch every move you make. You know, my my son (laughs) this morning, we had this like credit card lying around the house that was not one that we're actively using. It was just like sitting on our desk and and um, my daughter wanted to play with it and then my son wanted it and they were like, he's like, what's a credit card? You know, and I was like, I'm not ready for this conversation. You're four. <laughs> the point is, is that they have a curiosity. They see you. you he knew what it was because he had seen me using something like it a lot, probably in the grocery store. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to make that the teachable moment, but it's going to happen. Well, it's funny because when I was a kid, my mom was writing checks at the grocery store. So mm-hmm. I only learned how to write a check because I would watch her at the grocery store. And I remember when she got a debit card, I was like, that's so cool. You just, yeah. someone else like pays for it. And she's like, that's not how this works. <laughs> so, right. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I had the same, a similar experience with my mom when she was writing a check at the department store to pay off a credit card. Yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Why aren't we shopping? Why aren't we, why aren't we getting anything in exchange for you buying clearly giving them money because we bought stuff in the past and now I'm paying for it. That blew my mind. I was like, wait, you can do that. Yeah. Um, You're like, Whoa, this is amazing. Mind blown. (laughs) Let me go pick up a few more things while we're at it. 
Awesome. So tell me about your so money moment. Like this is a period in maybe your uh, career or financial. I'd love to hear a financial so money moment. Like I made this much money once and I was more than I ever thought or, you know, something along the lines of really feeling like you had triumphed in your financial life. What happened? Where were you? Take us there. Yeah. I mean, certainly with Career Contessa, I can remember when we got our first six-figure deal, um, sponsorship deal. I I mean, like I was on cloud nine, you, you know, I need, it was a pinch me moment. I definitely, I almost didn't know how to react. And I think, um, you know, hitting a six figure deal for a sponsor that reached out to me, we hadn't been doing, you know, I think we were, you know, probably three years into career Contessa. And the reason why it was such a big deal to me is, we had been talking to this brand for a while and I, they basically, we basically, I was like, you know, that's not enough for us, you know, compared to what the work we're going to have to do. Um, but let's stay in touch. And then like three months, maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was like six months later, they came back to me and they were like, we just, we really, really want to work with you guys. Um, we're happy to meet your terms. And, and part of the terms was a certain, um, investment amount, which was over six figures, which was the largest deal we had ever done, um, by a huge amount. And so I just remember kind of having this moment of like, one, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I had this moment of like, had I not like pushed back and had boundaries and, you know, that's why hindsight is so great because now you can look back and be like, it was all worth it. But in the moment I, I remember, crying and being like, what did I do? Like, I just, I just lost like a deal and any deal would have been better than no deals and being really, really fearful about, you know, how I was going to keep the company alive without deals. And then when they came in, it was, um, one, not only did it sort of save the day because we, um, needed a couple more (laughs) content deals, but also, um, it just felt really great to sort of be like, yeah, I, I said we were worth this and now you're coming back and you, and they felt really good about it. So that was definitely a money moment that I, you know, will never forget. You know, I I don't like to say it a lot, but I do think that in retrospect, things happen for a reason in the moment. You don't feel that way. Oh no, at the moment it felt terrible. I felt like, I mean, I honestly, I went home that night and I started working. So Career Contest is completely self-funded. And so I went home that night and I started working on a pitch deck. I was like, I'm going to have to get investors. I can't believe I, you know, it just, it, it was just felt like one of those things where I had pushed and maybe I pushed them too far. So then you start to have regret like, oh my gosh, I pushed too far. I was trying to be too too needy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think for a lot of entrepreneurs or freelancers, anyone who's basically saying, I'm, you know, my skill set is valued at this amount. And if you value it, you'll pay for it. That's always a really tough one because, you know, you could push too far and then just say like, sorry, that's just, you know, that was way more than I thought. And now I never want to talk to you again. And so it's hard not to take that stuff personal. It's hard not to, um, you know, be tough on yourself if you lose it. But when you get it, then you're like, okay, this now justifies everything going forward. So um, that was definitely one of those wins that, you know, even today, sometimes I think back on when I, when I push on something or I'm like, no, you, you have to trust your gut. You have mm-hmm. to do what you know is right, which I mean, I'm making it sound so much simpler than it really is. Oh, I can only imagine in the moment you're just sort of like your your the walls are caving in. Yeah. The sky is falling. Yep. Um, I, I know you, your heart is racing, right? You're like trying to put this, you can't put this PowerPoint deck fast together fast enough. 
Oh, totally. And then you're like, no, that, I mean, you're just so negative, like nothing, nothing. I mean, someone could have told me I won a million dollars that day. And I probably would have been like, you're lying. I don't need a million dollars wouldn't even help me right now. You know what I mean? Like you're just so negative that nothing can help you. (laughs) Okay. Well, not to get sad or anything, but like, I love talking about failure because it's so, I mean, especially when you're talking about it um, in, as something in the past, you know, you can be a little bit more optimistic about it. But what's a financial failure that you experienced that was really was really a lesson learned, a hard lesson, but a good lesson? Ah, uh, man, certainly falling for the quick fixes. So hiring a consultant who's going to come in and fix this thing and ultimately make you a bunch of money. Um, I remember I was kind of at this place where I really wanted, everybody was talking about how they had sales consultants and that's how they were able to um, make these big deals and they would negotiate it. And I was like, I need one of those. And I remember I hired one. It was a complete waste of time. I spent a lot of money on this person and literally did not get a single sale after hiring a sales consultant. And that has sort of just been, and I've done this a couple of times. I've I've probably experienced this three different times where I've hired consultants who were going to fix all my problems and I've paid them thousands of dollars and I know better off and I, and I can totally do it myself. And part of that is, you know, believing that someone else can do it because you can't, or, you know, just not having belief in yourself, but also it's just that constant reminder of like, there are no quick fixes and entrepreneurship is all about testing it, you know, throwing it against the wall. And if it sticks great, it's not going to stick forever. So you have to constantly be iterating and adapting and, and evolving with your company and whatever your strategies are for marketing or sales or, you know, your product line, anything like that. And so those have been some really, really painful moments because my, the, my two biggest pet peeves in life are wasting time and wasting money. And those are, you know, that falls into both those buckets. And I, I think for me, I, I also have learned that I have to give myself more credit. You know, I always think that they're the expert, they're going to fix my problem or they, they can do it and I can't. And really that comes down to more belief in yourself than anything else. I know it's tempting when someone, when you need a, when you need help in your business, someone is, there to say I can do this and it's going to be quick and it's tempting I've been there been there yeah yeah Um, and just don't fall for it I mean also you know you're I think what's interesting is like for example people who spend a lot of money with like Facebook ads managers luckily I that was one route I didn't go because I heard too many horror stories about this but like I get why you do it because it's, you know, it's going to be really time consuming to become an expert on this thing. But I guarantee it's much more empowering for you to be able to be in charge of that piece of your business if it makes that big of a difference to your business too. All right. What's a money habit that you practice to support your goals to save more and and everything else that you want to accomplish? Is there something that you do like a check-in every day or an app that you love? Yeah. So, I mean, I've tried a lot, of, a lot of different apps, but really what works best for me is I have two debit cards and um, each debit card also has a savings account attached to it. So essentially I have two checking accounts and two savings accounts and they all are for different things. So the minute I get paid, um, which I also started doing this year, I started paying myself, um, you know, a salary. It's not a lot, but I, I found that having that consistency is actually really good. And a lot of, uh, female entrepreneurs especially don't pay themselves. So that was the first thing was just sort of getting on a schedule. Um, and now what I do, the minute I get that money, I put, 
um, a certain percentage on one checking account. And that is for food and miscellaneous things like gas and food or whatever for the month. Um, I have one that is, I, I set aside for rent and, um, all the, the stuff that is life stuff that's not going away. Then I have one that I put for savings, whether that's putting money into my IRA at the end of the year, or it's, um, just, you know, investing somewhere else, but that is my savings. Um, and then I have one that is like my fun money. Um, uh, so I can spend it on whatever I want. And you know, that one usually has the, the, the smallest amount, but it means when there's a sale at Nordstrom's for the anniversary sale and you really want a pair of jeans, like if there's money in that bank account, you can use that. And so I have found that for me, I actually have to, you know, put everything in its right compartment and I switch debit card. I mean, I'm like very regimented about it. Um, and that has seemed to work for me. And and that is something, and I do, I, I probably look in on my accounts. I used to do it a lot more. Now I can like kind of mentally keep track. So I probably check in on my accounts, you know, a few times a month versus like every week or, you know, I had, I, I knew one friend who was doing it every day and I was like, Oh, I could probably do that. That sounds normal. But then I realized if you didn't spend any money that day, you really don't need to do that. Um, so that's something that I've been doing that has worked really well for me. And I've tried a lot of different apps. I think at the end of the day, for my life right now, I'm, I'm, I wanted simple. I didn't want any more tech. I just wanted to be like, I can do what the app is doing. I just need to be more routine with it. It sounds like you have a modernized envelope system going for yourself. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think I would have done really well back in the days where you were writing checks and you would like itemize each one and say what it was for. Like I probably would have thrived in that mm-hmm. environment. But yeah, I do essentially. Lauren McGoodwin, thank you so much. The site is Career Contessa. Congratulations on the evolution of Career Contessa. We thank you for the work that you do. We know you have a podcast as well where you asked me to come on. I'm so excited to air that with you when it's ready. And um, yeah, thanks so much. Have a great rest of your summer. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. For more, check out careercontessa.com. Lauren is also on Instagram at careercontessa. All this info is back at somoneypodcast.com. There you can find the transcript, the audio. You can also leave me a question for our Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. And as always, head over to Instagram where you can ask me a question on the go and I usually answer within like two days. So what are you waiting for? Thanks so much for tuning in and I hope your day is so money. 